Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Cool Zone Media. Hootie This is a You Wasn't Outside series side quest about the Houthis in Yemen. That's why I said, Houthi who? Did you hear Siri? She was like, I don't know how to respond to that. That is absolutely hilarious. Well, you don't need to know how to respond to that, Siri. You could just listen and let me teach you. A while back, when we were doing the Crimea River episodes, we had one with my man Jake Hanraham where I was trying to explain to y'all that there are wars going on outside, no man is safe one all over the world. And we actually went over the civil war in Yemen, which is where the Houthis hail from. Tell me you guys get the Houthi who reference, like Houthi who? Okay. If you don't know, the U.S. decided to toss a nice little bomb over there at the Houthis or at the Yemenis. Yeah, at the Houthis, because they were shooting down ships coming through the Red Sea. There's a lot going on here. And it is the epitome of what we mean by hood politics. Because when a fight breaks out, you know, fight breaks out after school, everybody circle up and it's going down. You have a side, but you just know better than to jump in. The other dudes on the other side of the circle, they have a side, they chose the other dude. And they don't necessarily want to jump in, but they for damn sure not going to let you jump in and you ain't going to let them jump in. So this so we just going to be fighting over here, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, 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 don't be messing with my homeboy. Hey, 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 you don't be messing with my homeboy. Hey, stay the fuck out. You stay the fuck out of it. And then now now a second fight breaks out because you were stopping them from jumping in. They were stopping you from jumping in. Now we got a brawl going on. Hood politics, y'all. All right, y'all, there's something to be said about some of the overlaps of 
any sort of subgenre or subculture. Anytime you have a gathering of a community, apparently, no matter how much you stand on business, no matter how just callous the people are, it's going to be some cheese man. It's going to be a network of interconnected people and events and relationships that can get so complicated. Y'all should watch The Brother's Son, which is the side note I'm going to give y'all today. The Brother's Son, it's a new show on Netflix. Obviously, they're not paying me for this because why would Netflix pay me anything? Um, But I burned that show in a day, like eight episodes. It was so dope. One reason why it was so dope is because it takes place in my beloved 626. It takes place in an area called the San Gabriel Valley. There's a part of the San Gabriel Valley. Like I said, I was over in La Puente Valinda. This is 20 minutes east of South Central where I was born. That area is like, I mean, it's 100% Mexican and Filipino sprinkled with some a couple black folks, right? So I grew up in that type of area. Now, the northeastern part of East LA is actually Monterey Park. Monterey Park is Asian. It's specifically Chinese. So when you start talking about cities like Alhambra, Rosemead, San Gabriel, this is the SGV, the San Gabriel Valley. This part of it, I mean, it's Asian. It's all, I mean, it's all Asian. It's, and again, specifically Chinese because Koreatown's Koreatown, you know, but that area, oh, it's Asian. So if you, if you trying to get some, some good dim sum, if you want that good, you want good Asian food, you could drive to Chinatown if you want to out in L.A., but don't sleep on Monterey Park. Don't sleep on Temple City. Don't sleep on Rosemead because over there, bro, that area is it's it's south of Pasadena. And then as you keep going east after you pass like Rosemead, you're into El Monte where it starts to become Vatos again. And then El Monte, Baldwin Park. La Puente, Belinda, where I'm from. So this network, this part of LA is such a community that I'm so familiar with that when people do shows, they'll never necessarily talk about it. They always talk about LA proper to, you know, Chinatown, Little Tokyo, Koreatown. They talk about over there. But this over here is like, oh, you grew up, whoever made this show, you from here. And it is so dope. It's such a good take on the Asian community, the um, immigrant community, the triads and just the gang life that they have and the complications of that's the part that's so relatable to anybody else who grew up like in any sort of hood type who family affiliated. But you like you weird because like you, you know, what I'm saying you just you just happen to be a part of the family, but that's not really your life. And you really don't want to be a part of that life like that complication. But at the same time, you with the shits like if it go down, it go down like I ain't scared of you. mother. But I'm just, that's, that's my brother and them. That's my mom and them, my auntie and them. That, that's day life. I, in a lot of ways, relate to the character that's like, my father would not let my uncles and them bring me around. And my uncles and them knew that my dad didn't play. So they kept me at a little bit of a distance. That really resonates with me. You know, so please go see this show. It's about those type of complications. But anyway, I bring this up. Michelle Yo, the the girl that's in girl, that professional woman that just won an Emmy, that's in everything everywhere all at once. Just just, just this brilliant, brilliant actress. The mom in that. So she's in there and her character's phenomenal. But anyway, 
when she goes and plays mahjong with all these aunties, just these old ladies. That's really how she understands what's going on in the hood, like how she knows what's going on in the streets. It's because of this network of people just gossiping, these aunties whose brother, you know, her husband sleeping with his secretary, his secretary run this grocery store, who know, because they serve out the back of that liquor store right there, and they serve the owner of that restaurant whose mistress works there because her daughter is dating this nephew. So that network, you know what I'm saying, is so real. You feel me? Now, for me, one of the other deciding factors was, I've said this so many times, like, I can't keep up with, you can't miss one party. You can't miss one kickback because you don't know who we beefing with. You can't, don't holler at this girl because you don't know if she's setting you up. You don't know if she used to date old boy from, you know, from 20s. You feel me? I don't know. And she might not like this nigga. She might be trying to get the nigga from 20 set up, you feel me, by messing with you because she know you connected with somebody, you feel me, from insane, even though you don't bang insane, you know what I'm saying? You just happen to be from that part of town and she just really just trying to set up that dude. So she figured if she, you know, start messing with you, she at your house and that nigga might be there and then she could call the OGs to come and now everybody getting packed out. It just, you can't keep, like, I don't know. I might just be, you might've just gone to like, we was, I was just, I was just playing basketball at the park with old boy here. Like, so we struck up a friendship. He cool. I don't know that our hood beefing with him. Like, I don't know. Like you can't, that stuff was exhausting to me. And it really, in a lot of ways, kept me out. (laughs) I was like, man, I can't, I can't, you can't miss nothing with these niggas. Like you have to be at everything because you don't know what's going on. And on top of that, the stuff be generational. Like stuff may have happened with our parents, like with our uncles, like stuff we don't know. Like I wasn't even born yet when this beef started. You feel me? Like, I don't know. That's my granny got beef with <laughs> your granny, nigga. Like, you know, with this nigga nephew, because, you know, back in the 80s, you know, this shit happened. Like, I, I like it's generational. And now, like, at least gang culture in L.A., like. It's been around long enough to where that stuff is generational, where you just don't like you. You not only can you not keep up with. And now I'm at an age where there's little homies and they got beef with stuff that I'm not part of. I'm going to party with no 20 year old. It's generational. And sometimes you don't even know why we beef. I don't even know why. Like we don't get along with them. I just know we don't get along with them. But something that all of us can relate to is when a fight breaks out after school, like the whole plan. Everybody know we finna fight after school. You know, you won't have to see me. Now, most people in these situations know that my homies jump in and they homies going to jump in. I just need to know if it do go too bad. Like if I'm about to squab and I do know it's good, I just want to make sure you got me just in case. Like if them niggas jump in, I know you're going to come help. Right. And even if you not, like I said, like if this is just we just friend, like this is just my boy. That's my ace. Like we may not even it may not be on set like. I might not even, and I'm probably not even on set. It's like, he on set, I'm not, but we just know like, this nigga happened to go to school today. If it go down, he need to know, hey, if it go down, you got me. So a lot of times how you get affiliated is like this, is like, this is just my friend. Like we walked home together since elementary school. He lived two doors down from me. He on the set. But so of course, man, I'm going to defend my homeboy. Like if he getting packed out, like I'm not going to just stand around, let him get packed out. Like, and especially if we're playing for it, he's just like, yo, you got me. It's like, yeah, I got you. So it's same go when they come up in our hood or like if the police come, it's like, man, you can't beat us all. You can't arrest us all. 
So we, you come out in force. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. The guy that he's fighting, the guys uh, that he's fighting sees this. And now, oh, I'm with them. I'm now officially an op. Because even though I'm not on the set, you fought alongside somebody that is. So as far as the ops concerned, they like, it don't make no difference to me. You wanted him. So now I'm affiliated, which is something that like it happens all the time. So in a lot of ways, this is how countries make foreign allies is like, are you going to jump in if I'm getting packed out? That's all I need to know. Are you going to jump in if I'm going to get packed out? Really, that's NATO. <laughs> the NATO agreement is if you getting packed out, we're going to jump in. You want to understand NATO? It's that. I mean, this isn't necessarily a NATO situation, but that's basically it. You know, that's the idea. Now, specifics. The Americans, as in us, hit a nice little drone, little weapon strike, little bomb strike at the nation of Yemen in response to the Houthis throwing little missiles at ships going through the Red Sea. Now, why this is a thing is we need to understand who Yemen is. Their years of civil war. You need to know who the Houthi are and why the Red Sea is so important. Let's get to it. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're back. Here's the thing. There's a lot of history here, and the history isn't complicated like like same thing with like the network of like hood stuff it's not complicated if you're from there if you're from there this is just the air you've been breathing these are the things that you already understand you know the players you know the people on the chessboard. you know how the relationships work and how to how far the stuff go back that's if you in it if you're not in it you learning all this stuff secondhand and in a book. And a lot of times it don't make sense. These connections. What I'm going to try to do is try to make these connections make sense. What the hell does Yemen have to do with Palestine, which has to do with America, which got to do with this Israel Gaza war? Like what is how is any of this stuff connected? First, you need to talk about Yemen. And the first thing you need to know about Yemen, if if anything, know that it is it's the it's the poorest, air quotes, poorest Arab nation. Because remember, Arab nations are freakishly rich with resources, with natural resources, whether it's oil, whatever the case may be, it's just so, has such a wealth of resources. And a lot of the nations have figured out how to get involved in the global economy. Yemen been in such a civil war and quietly has been one of the greatest up until now humanitarian crises. I mean, even during the Syrian refugee crisis, like what was going on in Yemen was so bad. And part of that has to do with a civil war. Another thing to know about Yemen is it's probably one of the most beautiful. It's coffee. There's even just this little this little friendly rivalry between Yemen and Ethiopia about who had coffee first. Now, granted, coffee was discovered in Ethiopia. That is official. Everybody knows. But who started grinding, brewing, and putting it in water? The Yemenese say they first. I don't know. But it is really hard to get your hands on some Yemenese beans, which was why I made the song Yemenese Beans, which I'm going to make sure Matt puts in this thing. Matt, you hear me. You got to put that song into this thing. I don't dare because all of it's unfair. I'm just trying to manage my own square to get the bloom right on these Yemenese beans and run up the scoreboard on all y'all teams like I'm granting you more. I ride for the poor. I stand with the few. I stand with the crew. I'm giving out game. So it's coffee is at such a premium, first of all, because it is undeniably delicious. Like the, this is 
my world's combining, but like the quality grade of the Yemenis bean, because it hasn't been exported often, because it's not oversaturated in the market, the quality and the taste is like, there's no, there's really no other flavor profile anywhere in the world like Yemeni's coffee. It's insane. It just, it, it can't get out the docks because of war. Second thing you need to know about Yemen that makes this story so important is where Yemen is. A simple cursory look at a map would make you understand why the Red Sea is so important. Like just right now in your brain, just picture the Horn of Africa and then the Sinai Peninsula where Saudi Arabia, Yemen, where that other little piece over there, right? That the top of that little piece is you have where Egypt land connects to the what we call the Middle East. And, and that border on the bottom of that is Gaza. So now Yemen is on that little piece that's connected to the Horn of Africa. You have the top part where Egypt is and then the bottom part where like Ethiopia and Sudan is. That little piece just across the river, that little piece on the bottom, that's the main part of that is Saudi Arabia. The little bottom part is Yemen. That's why it was so easy for coffee to go. The, sec- the, first, the first stop that co- when coffee left Ethiopia was Yemen. Now- That little area, you have to think about if you're taking things from, let's just use the European, the Eurocentric terms, the east to the west. If you need to get to the Mediterranean, you trying to get to spices from India to Spain or Portugal. If you're shipping things from Greece Right down into India. You trying to go to Asia. Here's your option. You can either go around Africa. So you go out the Red Sea or out the Mediterranean, down the Atlantic Ocean, into the Indian Ocean. The second largest man mass in the world is Africa. This big old You can either go around Africa to get to Asia or to get out of Asia in the Middle East into North America and the rest of the world and the rest of Europe, or you just cut through the Red Sea, get to the Mediterranean. Like it's duh. Like, why would you not do that? Like it's, it's just a shortcut. Now, if you live there, oh, that's a lick and a half. I mean, why do you think we made the Panama Canal? Cause it's like, I need to cut through. Like I got to go all the way around South America to get to California. You tripping. I can't get a boat. Like I need to, let me just, let me just cut through right here. It's like, it's so long. To try to get a ship like I I, like like think about that like you're adding like you're adding months to your trip. You're adding millions of dollars of cost. I just let me just go through the Red Sea. Now, again, if your antennas is up, you like, oh, nigga, you trying to get through here. You need to pay us. I mean, duh. Like, you don't. that's not even that's not even gangster. That's just this is good business. It's like you the the Lord God almighty has blessed you with a location. That says there is so much money to be made right here because everybody got to go through this. I mean, and I'm not making you. You could go around Africa or your other option is to go north. You want to go through the Arctic Circle? I mean, you could do that. You go. So so never mind. You 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 leave India. You go around in between Australia. You go around Japan, around China, um. Manchuria, 
Siberia. You go around the top of Russia through the Arctic Circle and then down all the way across Russia, all the way down to Scandinavia and then down to uh, New England. Word? I mean, it's up to you. But if you don't cut through here, you got to mess with us. I mean, shit, it makes sense to me, cuz. So the location is just like, it's the most perfect, it's the most perfect location. All right, now, there's some proxies going on here. I think there's a way that, it's not a one-to-one, but I think there's a way to view the Yemeni civil war the way most Cold Wars and proxy wars work. You have this place that has its own issues, and its own agenda and things that itself is trying to accomplish. And like anybody, you looking for help, right? Like I said, in relation to the rest of the Arab nations, like Yemen is the least wealthy. So they gonna need some help on them weapons. Another thing you need to understand about, which you should already, I mean, if you listen to my show, you should know this stuff already, is that like, It's a Muslim nation, but there are a lot of different types of Muslims, just like there's a lot of different Christians. Like, I mean, it's just it's so insane in the West that, like, we just don't understand that you like Shia and Sunni. That's even an umbrella like there's just like Christian and Catholic or like Protestant and Catholic, like among the name Protestant, you know, I mean, different denominations. You you understand what I'm saying? So there's so many different things in there. So just because, so even some of that right wing, like, you know, fantasy war porn, that's like hella racist, that kind of had this idea that the Muslim nations, the Muslim world is going to take over. Like niggas don't get along. Like, don't y'all understand that? Like Shia and Sunni, like they're different. They different and they beef. So just because they both Muslim, just like, like, don't think just because, like, Islam is just as diverse as every other, like, monotheistic, Abrahamic religion. So, like, don't be silly. Like, it's so, there's so much diversity among the religion. My Lord, like, y'all know, you know, I I come from a Christian background and, like, the the theological differences, how serious they run, like, it it runs deep. Like, it's... It's Christians that think other Christians ain't Christians that like y'all are in such error, right? That like, we not even sure if you saved or not. Like, and they're both Christians. So theological differences can run very deep. Man, one year I was performing some poetry at the MLK 50 year celebration and they had a preacher get up there and say, MLK, you know, he was great. I mean, he was wrong about the gospel, but he did great things. I'm like, what? Like, it's too bad he was a false prophet. Like, it runs deep, y'all. And among the way that that religion can play out nationally, right? In the same way that we got Christian nationalists and you got Christian pacifists. Remember, like, like think about it like this. In the way that Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Syria are Muslim countries, so is Morocco. You see them exporting any terrorists? You see them involved in it. It's because your faith can map on to nationalism, just like Christianity maps on to nationalism in ways that aren't necessarily reflections of the faith as much as it's reflections of that people there. You feel me? Like how Donald Trump could convince any 
evangelical that he wanted him is proof of what I'm talking about. It's people that really look in Revelation and think America is mentioned in this, that like we are a part of the revival of Christ coming back. Like you, you, like they really think America in the Bible. Now, quick and dirty idea of the Houthi, their civil war and who's got who's back. OK, so civil war basically started in. We're going to say the war itself, 2014. But you got to back up a little. It's when basically when the Houthis uh, took over the capital and overthrew their government. For any of that to make sense, you got to understand who the Houthis are. Right. And the historical context. When Islam first came to Yemen, because the Arab nations are just like everybody else, they were tribal nations, right? And had their own local beliefs. And then one of the <laughs> one of the crusades happened. Just this happened to be a Muslim one. So it's like Arab nations are no different. It was uh Zaydism. Um, and I'm I'm trying my best. I looked up how to pronounce it hopefully that's close enough but zaydism that was up north right so and they were again they were they were they were shia now the sunnis were down south and they came a little bit later right and they started competing with each other and those were the uh rasalids and that's again these are sects of islam that we don't have time to go into but their rivalry essentially was cut short uh by the fall of the rasalid rule and the succession of the imperialist powers and the involvement in the Middle East and basically the expansions of like the Ottoman Empire once the Ottoman. And anyway, this is what happens when empires get involved, man. It's just like you just you map yourself onto these worlds that are already having their things going on. And then it basically um, exacerbates the problem. Fast forward to the Houthis. All right. So the Houthis, they're from the north. They're Zayadis, right? Zayadis. Zaidi, oh, God, I wish I knew how to, I wish I, I've been trying to practice Arabic. I should have just stuck to it. Anyway, so once they were not in power, like anything else, just like the Ethiopian stuff, once they were not in power, they started facing uh, discrimination. They felt like the, remember they're Shia, they felt like the Sunnification of policies, right? The governments that was mostly Sunni ended up being issues for them as Shia, and like everywhere else, the group that's not in power eventually puts together an armed resistance and the armed resistance became their own government once they overthrew the capital. Right. And they overthrew the capital through an armed resistance. And now they're actually in charge of most of Yemen. Right. But they're still beefing because remember, at least as far as this narrative is concerned, they used to be on top. Now the Houthis are the rebels who took over, right? That's that's the idea, right? Now, if you ask the West, they are terrorists. Now, that's if you ask the West. Now, I'm pretty sure you ask different people in, in Yemen, they'd be like, absolutely. Then you ask other people that are like, no, the government we had was, dis was gross, gross human rights concerns happening with our actual government. Now... While this is going on, remember I said the location of Yemen is very important. That is two people that had jumped in, Saudi Arabia and Iran. And quick and dirty, the Houthis are backed by Iran. They're Sunni, right? So the Houthis are backed by Iran. You remember Iran's connected to Hezbollah, which is connected to Lebanon, which is, you know, 
which has backed the Palestinian cause, right? Now you now you follow in the web. The other side is Saudi Arabia. Now, Saudi has this really interesting relationship with the rest of the Arab nations because Saudi Arabia is completely cool with America. And I think in a lot of ways, that's an issue over there. It's a big issue because niggas don't trust America. And I mean, I don't blame them, but that's a thing. One of the reasons why it's such a big issue is because you ever asked where Mecca is. Mecca's in Saudi Arabia. So every person practicing Islam has to make their hajj. They have, you have to make a pilgrimage to Mecca. Saudi became the um, sort of steward of the city of Mecca where they make their pilgrimage and walk around the thing seven times that like Saudi is a super important thing. And secondly, as far as America is concerned, we need some homies in the region. How do we get the homies in the region? Well, one of them was Israel, but don't nobody like Israel. You have to remember like, like where they at? Don't nobody like Israel. Israel got the bread. Israel got the guns. But in the Arab nations, no one likes them. <laughs> it's so crazy. Don't nobody like them over there. Now, remember, they've been living peacefully with Jews for years, centuries. So it's not their Jewishness. It's the Zionness. It's the it's the nation state that don't nobody really mess with. So keep that in mind. On the other hand, you got Saudi, which is a newer in relation to the rest of these places. It's a newer nation state and Mecca's in there. So it's one of those situations where you got to mess with them like you can't you can't not mess with them. Like, what are you going to you got to go to Mecca, right? Saudi picked a side in this war for whatever reasons, Iran picked a side in this war for whatever reasons. Now, let me ask you this. Whose side you think Iran's on? Not only in the Russian-Ukraine situation, but also in Israel. Who you think Saudi with? I mean, that that you see in the network, is the network coming together so you can't jump in? Like we talked about before, like, all right, I'm watching you to make sure you don't jump in. You can't jump in. Microphone fiending, plastering graffiti, comb through my catalog to untangle your cordellini meaning. Them imposters trying to shock chakras. I'm fostering a band base to spot a man fake. And the flow reshapes the earth like when the dam breaks, man. I'm from where the land shakes. Native sleeps through the quakes. One time for the tongue for tribe witnesses. Came and fully draped in black and brown businesses. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hustle is enlisted. Listen, I can't force you to eat your four courses or spot the four horsemen ignoring the warnings. Now, here's what happened. What had happened was, you been watching all this, the Houthis specifically, because remember right now the Houthis are in charge of most of Yemen, even though there's still a war going on over there. They watching all this happen. They watching everything happen over there. Now, remember what Hamas was hoping would happen is that this situation would remind everybody of the Palestinian plights that like and hopefully that the rest of the Arab nations would start feeling froggy and jump in. The closest one was Lebanon. Lebanon was like, uh, we're going to protect our border. Like, I'll shoot like that. Like, I really don't mess with Israel. But as long as this beef ain't, this beef is yours. We got your back. But like, this your war. Hamas was like, dang it. Y'all supposed to jump in. They don't jump in. Right. But it's some shooting going on up there. Right. They're like, how could we help? Remember, Israel wants us to be down too on their side. Israel like, send them tools. What we going to do? You remember last time we had that issue with, with Egypt, you know what I'm saying? And Kissinger, old Kissinger, dead ass, he, he threw us them tools. What's up, fam? We still good? And you know, you got to be on our side because of the Holocaust, nigga. <laughs> like, you can't, you better be on our side, is they stance. Meanwhile, South Africa, like, hold up. I know you can say to everybody they wasn't outside, but we was. Nigga, we went through this. No, y'all tripping. Like that, that they at the Hague, right? I'm gonna do a whole episode about South Africa being like, no, 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 no. We had shit like this happen. We actually understand what's going on, and y'all niggas are tripping. 
They, they, they wasn't outside, but we was outside. We done went through this. So, uh, nah, y'all bugging. And America looking at Israel like, I, I mean, I ain't going to... I ain't gonna blast you out in public, cuz, but like, what you doing? It's kind of wilding out over there. But I tell you what, I tell you what, we'll send some money, we'll send some weapons, but listen, we can't be publicly jumping in on this stuff like this, nigga. Cause like, you, you, you kind of, while we was with you at first, but you know, you kind of, you kind of wilding out now. You low key making us all look bad, nigga. Like, I had your back, but goddamn. And obviously, like, that's lower than the bare minimum, but that's kind of America's stance. And even as a side note, the fact that America won't really like denounce the shit is like, fam, like America, like dog, we not going, <laughs> this might cause Biden the election. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least as far as like the votes of the people that put him on, they like, nigga, you wildin'. Like we, like, I don't, y'all don't see, like, it's been a hundred days. This is, Israel is like, this is off. Like, what the fuck is y'all doing? Yemen like, okay, listen, or the Houthis, I'm going to say specifically, they like, look, dog, what we not going to do, we, while we can't jump in, what we not going to do is sit idly by and watch this shit go down. So <laughs> if a boat go through our waters, we going to shoot at them just to make sure, just in solidarity. We going to do this in solidarity with y'all. We just going to shoot at whoever jumped through. Now, the, now... <laughs> These ain't no Boy Scouts. Now, follow me now. Because they shooting at anybody that come through. They done shot at, like, commercial. They done shot at, like, uh, 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 Greek. Like, the Greeks ain't even involved. Like, why we catch a strike? Girl, like, why you shoot our boat? You feel me? <laughs> but the Houthis is like, look, man, I'm not just going to let y'all traffic these weapons. Like, not through our waters. If you going to do it, like, at least, like, can we at least show the Palestinians we got your back a little bit? Like, I ain't finna go down there. <laughs> But I got you like this. Like, I ain't finna let them. I'm not just going to help them help. Help. You understand what I'm saying? Like, nah, fam. Like, not not, through a, not on my watch. <laughs> That's what this boy said. They was like, look, man, y'all just not finna just run through my backyard as a shortcut. Like, nah, if you going to do this, you going to go around. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> America was like, hold up. You shooting at who? You don't get to be involved in this shit. Matter of fact, I kind of been wanting it with y'all for a while, but we've been chilling because we know, you know, you really ain't got them things like that. But like, nigga, y'all feeling real froggy, you know, and like, well, we've been chill with you Houthis, but nigga, you need to know what it is. America said, OK, you think we can't do two things at once? We we playing it cool in this Israel thing, but you can't jump in. If we not jumping in, you not jumping in. Houthis are like, you've already jumped in. What are you talking about? You're already in. We know, we know where our enemies getting their money from. America's like Saudi Arabia. Houthis looking at them like, come on, fam. We know you passing bread to Saudi Arabia. It's Saudi Arabia passing bread to our ops. America like, so nigga, you getting bread from Iran. And they're like, we not hiding it. <laughs> we know. Can't afford no damn missiles. Of course we getting this from Iran. Well, Iran's our op. So since Iran is our op and you work with Iran, you now are op. So now me and you beefing. It's just, you see how hood this is? It's just gang. At like, we don't want you to jump in, so we're going to shoot, but I'm not going to help. But you don't get the right to help. Now y'all jumped in. Now y'all jumped in. Now there's a whole other fight happening while this fight is happening. And in the meantime, tens of thousands of Palestinian civilians 
dead. In the meantime, this like, man, not only that, Israeli uh, military dudes just getting thrown in this meat grinder. Like this, like y'all don't get it. That's going to mess them up. Like in the meantime, that boy Pharaoh Monch was like, yo, in a song, I viewed a baby's insides outside of his body inside a place of worship. It's ungodly. Like that will mess you up. The carnage, my homeboy Thizzle. I may have told y'all before, my homeboy Thizzle, like I consider him the, he the Nipsey Hustle of uh, St. Louis. Like, uh, yeah, he like, Thizzle is an absolute real one. Thizzle was, was, was the blood. He was outside. He's an amazing artist, like incredible dude, but he's doing a lot of motivational speaking right now. And what he talks about, I just saw a clip about it. Like, he was like, look, man, like what they don't tell you, a part of the game they don't tell you. He was like, man, I done buried he was like, when I was outside as a teenager and like really, really running the streets, he's like, I buried at least 25 of my homeboys, like at least 25 of them. And I watched all their kids grow up without a father. Right. And he's like, and whoever grown and all them boys who grew up without fathers, who going to raise them? He's like, the lions don't raise them. The hyenas do. You know, your little boys, your little girls, like it's a creepy old man out there that knows that your daughter ain't got no daddy. You in jail, you doing 20, 30 years, you can't protect your kids. So there's a generational victim in this, which is the children of those who decide to be in this thing. Now, what does that got to do with what I'm talking about right now? Eventually, the shooting is going to stop in Gaza. And the long-term effects, first of all, like I think I've said this before, you're guaranteeing a new extremist group by doing this. Your response has guaranteed, Israel is guaranteeing a new extremist group by their actions, guaranteeing. And probably not just, not just a Palestinian, you're guaranteeing a new Israeli extremist group. You're guaranteeing because you just, this is what it does. So when you go on, the hyenas is going to raise you. They're going to look at there and they're going to be like, you see what these people do for you? You see what your government thinks of you? You see how you see how they think about you? They don't care. These people do not care. They say it's in your name. They don't care. All these like protests popping up in Israel is basically the people saying our government don't care about us. They say they're doing this for us. But they not. All the hostages that have been rescued so far and exchanged have been through diplomatic negotiations except for like two <laughs> that what works is y'all putting these guns down. Now, let me say this, not a pacifist. Okay. Sometimes you got to shoot. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I wish a nigga would, but as far as this, this hundred days of, of this, you know, Israeli Gaza war here, What's been effective has been the negotiations. That's just what's worked. Y'all, y'all bombs ain't doing shit except for making everybody mad at you. I don't know why you keep doing that. You know what I'm saying? It's just, this isn't effective. It's not, do you're, you're win you're losing every part of this war, like, except for the idea that unless you just trying to ethnic cleanse, like, then this is just what's happening. But essentially the Houthis were like, yo, not on, not on our watch. But that's why I call this a side quest because this is a separate brawl that broke out. You know, and that separate brawl that broke out is connected, but it's its own thing. Now, again, I know I said that I told you who's backing who in Yemen, but please understand that, like, 
These Houthis have their own agenda. They're, Yemen got its own thing going on. So don't think this isn't just, you know, Cold War-esque puppeteering. They got their own things going on here. And the Houthis, they said this, we stand on business. We shot them on purpose. And guess who loses? Same people that lose in Gaza. Uh, politics, y'all. Right now, don't you hit stop on this pod. You better listen to these credits. I need you to finish this thing so I can get the download numbers, okay? So don't stop it yet. But listen, this was recorded in East Los Boyle Heights by your boy Propaganda. Tap in with me at prophiphop.com. If you're in the cold brew coffee, we got Terraform Cold Brew. You can go there.com and uh, use promo code HOOD, get 20% off, get yourself some coffee. This was mixed, edited, and mastered by your boy Matt Osowski, killing the beat softly. Check out his website, mattosowski.com. I'm going to spell it for you because I know. M-A-T-T-O-S-O-W-S-K-I.com. Mattosowski.com. He got more music and stuff like that on there, so go and check out the heat. Hood Politics is a member of Cool Zone Media, executive produced by Sophie Lichterman. Part of the iHeartMedia Podcast Network. Your theme music and scoring is also by the one and only Matt Osowski. Still killing the beat softly. So listen, don't let nobody lie to you. If you understand urban living, you understand politics. These people is not smarter than you. We'll see y'all next week. Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.